Okay. Hey, how are you now? <laughs> this is Bigfoot Revival. I am your host, Sasquatch, and joining me today is the well-oiled flying ace, the Yukaman. Oiled for sure. Oiled. Oiled. In all the right places. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> the music stops and I decide to drink coffee. You're so good at this. <laughs> it's a, right. strong a strong start. Oh, mercy. That's okay. Today right. we're talking about the book. We're talking about the book. We're going to wrap it up. Um, we had kind of we've we've been kind of going through the book with the Yuka Man. I know it's been a little while since we've done it. We've had uh, um, uh, Swamp Ape in here a couple of times since then. Uh, that was enjoyable. I wish I could have got. I wish I could have got the whole gang in for that one. We got at it. least one time. We'll we'll have one in. Yeah, we need we yeah. need to do that. Actually, plan a time have the whole gang, even if part of it's by Skype or Zoom or whatever. Yeah. So. We're going to talk about It's Good to Be a Man. Yeah, now, not the book, but yeah, the book we talked about earlier. We're not, not, not the good book, <laughs> although the good book is what facilitates this book and us talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> it's a good book. Uh, yeah, I've got rest- this long, flimsy. I, look. <laughs> I got this long 18 inch ruler because I'm retarded and I can't read the budget form <laughs> unless I isolate everything with this ruler. The budget and budget paper is bigger than most paper. Now, hey, if it if it looks stupid, but it works, hey, that's that's my motto to life. Ain't stupid. Ain't everybody and most people ain't looked at me and thought, hey, that looks smart. But they will say it works. <laughs> Ain't nobody said he looked smart, but everybody says he works. All right, so, all right, so where where did we end? Do you remember? We finished at like chapter five, where we were talking about. Uh, sorry, flipping to it now. Yep, spiritual. Yeah, we talked about the war on sex, and then talked about spiritual war and spiritual worship. And yeah. That's kind of where we we'd tapered it off. All right, so we're going. to, uh, Let's see here. Let's start with seven. Seven. The church, informant, effeminate, effeminate. effeminate. Everybody's like, oh yeah, he read that book, informant. <laughs> so you're not you're not as churchy as I am. Right, I mean, I mean, I mean, like you grew up in Alaska as a Catholic, mm-hmm. and then you got engaged to your wife, mm-hmm. and you you've been what a couple of churches? Yeah, the uh, the Yuka woman, if you will, she'd. Uh, oh, I'm sure she's loving that. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. I've been trying. I, I am going to get on her friend. Don't worry. <laughs> Neither does Mrs. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. I think it was Swamp Ape who was giving her some grief over that the other day, actually. <laughs> but the uh, no, uh, 
If we go back here, yeah, she'd shown me a couple different churches um, around Virginia where we'd first met. Okay. And then um, one where her dad was pastoring, and then the other one where once her dad had kind of stepped out of that role for health issues and all that, and it was just a lot to wear, like, way on her every Sunday when everybody would come in like, hey, how was your dad? And she'd just trying to be there for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. to, ...to celebrate the message and, and word and things like that where it just kind of got to be too much. So she, she moved says, over to I'm here to worship and, and this is distracting. Exactly. Me. Yeah. Like I'm coming here to get a rest from this last week where it's been really hard on my dad and you guys are not yeah. helping. So yeah, she'd more moved had kind of been forced out of that church family, if you will. Um, yeah. Over to another one, which she's still in touch with a lot of folks there. But then yeah, long story short, put me in touch with some of that church family members who'd moved down to uh, Texas, where I was at. Okay. And then Florida, we found another one. Um, or we'd, Well, I mean, that was also like prime COVID, so we'd ended up just yeah. videoing in to a lot of other churches. So, so let me ask you this. In your experience, would you have said uh, that the church, that you your experience within the church... Let's start here, okay? Would you say in your experience with the Protestant church, um, primarily Baptist, that it was effeminate? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was really interesting that you'd mention the Protestant church specifically because uh, growing up in the Catholic church, definitely not. Okay. Um, That's interesting. We didn't have any uh, women... Uh, what were they called? Priest? No, we had we had three priests or four priests there in the time that I was there. Um, all older men, and then the deacons. Uh, okay, the deacons were all men, but yeah. I think they have a woman deacon now. Really? Um, yeah. And then uh, a lot of the youth leaders and. Uh, like worship leader, things like that. A lot of other leadership positions were all women, pretty much all of them, actually. In the Catholic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and then the Protestant church that I'd been to a handful of times just because my best friend growing up, he went to the Protestant church right across the street. Um, uh, all men leading that church, though. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So I grew up traditional Southern Baptist, okay? And you, male pastor always like that's a doctrinal issue. Probably, probably like the Catholic Church as well. The, the priests are always men. I would say, yeah, never been to a church where it was a woman pastor. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, <laughs> There's hope for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, so the the um. But you can tell that there was a heavy influence. So when you walk into a church. You saw maybe purples. Oh yeah. You saw flowery designs, um, very effeminate looking. Um, a lot of churches are not led by the pastor. The pastor is there to preach, and he's there to um, he's there to preach, and he's there to grow the church. More like a resource. Yeah, and. And in those type of churches, you saw a, a very strong woman-led 
I think even if there, you know, and there's some churches who were like, oh yeah, women deacons are fine. Others were only men deacons, but you could see he like in so many places uh, where uh, really nothing got done unless the women, right? And 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 you see that in churches. Most churches are uh, outnumbered by men and women, so women outnumber the men, and you see that. Uh, and that, that's what I grew up in. That's, it's, I don't want to, I know there's worse out there. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know there's worse out there. Um, I was reading a book about, it was an autobiography, not an autobiography, a biography on D.L. Moody. And I remember as I was reading, I'm like, this guy promoted feminism in the church. Um, you could see where he was cracking the door open, right? I don't think, I don't think he'd agree with what he sees now, but he had cracked the door open. And, and now that doesn't mean hate D.L. Moody. He was a great guy. He he did a lot for evangelism, that kind of stuff. But uh, you could see where his approach led to 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 cracking the door open for for a more feminine church. The old churches used to not be feminine, and I don't just mean like women participating. Women have always participated since back to Christ. But the church is to be male led, just like the home is to be male led. Right. And and women are to participate and and support these things. Um women are you can't sit there and I'll be honest with you, like like you can't have a church that's all men. You you couldn't. No. That would be Yeah. It'd be weird. It'd be weird. <laughs> it'd be, I'm trying to think of like a nice way to say it, but yeah, yeah it'd be, yeah. be just weird. Well, I mean, I mean, so there's so many things like the the we have Wednesday night meals that wouldn't be nearly as good. That's for sure. Right? It'd be a lot of Bojangles and KFC <laughs> and Hardee's, Piggly Wiggly <laughs> containers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just mm-hmm. um and, and 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 it's good to have uh. They do better with teaching children than men do, mm-hmm. like in a classroom type setting. Um, there, there's all kinds of places that we we want and need women within the church. So we're not we're not trying to advocate that 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 you know churches should be like good old boy clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a man hating uh, you know woman hating man club. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a place where God. Both are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Both have different roles to play, and and the better we define those roles, the more clearly and happier I think everybody would be. And that's in marriage and in church. Absolutely, and I think that's something that just the book highlights time and time again, talking through where we can find in Scripture clearly delineated roles, and you know, kind of seeing like where support supporting one another as a man and woman help each other out, and then places where like now this isn't going to be a man's job this is going to be a woman's job this is why it is that way which has been nice yeah How, with with our church what do you do you notice anything different as far as the the masculine feminine thing compared to a lot of churches and you might not i'm not, I'm not trying to say that no, I mean that. I guess for what we were able to notice right off the bat was kind of why uh, 
Vuk woman and I were drawn to the church yeah. uh, to begin with. Just looking at like the Facebook page, having the uh, cross with the wooden background and the lights like set up behind the altar yeah. or the the <clears throat> uh, pulpit. Uh, very um like kind of masculine looking, but like you know not a lot of color, flowery, lot of, not a lot of distraction, just very bare bones. Yeah, this is a church that focuses on God, and it's like. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Then you walked into the building, saw the weird, fake stained glass, and <laughs> I kind of like the fake stained glass. Oh man, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So when we first bought the building, I, my first thought was, "That's got to go. <laughs> that's got to go." And that ugly carpet, whatever color that is, tapa maroon. Yeah, yeah. But as 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 we've been here, and as we have made the place our own. I'd be lying if I haven't said it's grown on me. It's weird because it, it's, part it's of just ours. kind of become part of the church. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's it's yeah it's here now. Yeah, it's it's for people who don't have a clue what we're talking about. So the glass in our in our is clear glass. So to get the stained glass look, they put this um, tie dye multicolor um, fiberglass up above in front of the. Uh, the the clear glass the window yeah and it just has this and a lot of it's like purple mm-hmm. a lot the main color is purple i think and you got some blues and greens and yellows and it just it's almost high dye looking and uh and, and there you oh i heard a siren i was my kids are here too and i was like is one of my kids crying um but but anyways so um, and, and now, now we're, that's primarily talking about aesthetics, aesthetics, um, I think matter because when you talk about a man, you know, he walks into a building, he wants to be comfortable. Um, now are we talking about, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to, uh, a book called why men don't go to church. And in that book, it talks a lot about that type of stuff and we don't have time to, to, to chase this rabbit, but, um, I think a, a church can go a long ways by um, attracting men. And if they attract men, now the church ought to be led by men. Uh, the church ought to be um, uh, driven by men. But if a church is, is, is really saying, look, we don't want it to look feminine. We want a man to be able to come in here and go, that looks nice. I like that. What happens is he brings his wife and his kids and they have, they, there are churches and I don't go this extreme, but there are churches who they say, look, our primary group of people that we're targeting to attract our church are men. And they still have more women in their church than men because men, there again, they, women will drag their kids to church. Men will drag the whole family to church. Children may or may not get their parents to come to church may or may not. Um, and so it, it, their whole idea is, you know, attract the men to the church and draw them in and, and others will follow. Not only do, you know, women find out, Hey, that church over there. And when you read these books, they're all talking about mega churches. Mm-hmm. They're really not talk or, or churches of hundreds of people, not, not, not a dozen Two dozen, you know, not dozens, but hundreds. Mm-hmm. And 
but they'll say, you know, women will start to notice, hey, man, there's a lot of young, you know, there are a lot of single guys going to that church. I want to find a godly husband. And they'll start visiting <laughs> the church to find a godly husband. And and so, um, yeah, uh, to your point, I think there is something to be said for the other end of the extreme where, like, you come into a church and you don't want it to be all just diamond plate and sheet metal and everything's welded together, and it's just like looks like the inside of an industrial shop or something. Yeah, you don't want like, it to look like um, a monster truck rally. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, but it is good to to. And again, this is just aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just talking about aesthetics, but but I think the aesthetics represent a lot of what's like going to be valued. Yeah, as important. Yeah, where things are going to be placed. How we don't we placed. don't put a lot of stuff on the stage. Like we don't have flags. We don't have. We're not going to have Christmas trees on stage. That was we're another not gonna... big thing. Not having like the American flag behind. You know. Yeah, because you know a lot we, of churches around here do that. I, I I told somebody a while back, and I may have said it on the the podcast before too, but. If I, the only time I've been tempted to put up a flagpole in our yard is so that I could put the Christian flag over the American flag and just watch people lose their minds. <laughs> oh, around here? Yeah somebody, yeah. somebody have a cow over that. Yeah. All kinds of people. I can't believe they did that. Why? Who serves who? Isn't it somewhere they said one nation under God somewhere? I can't remember. Yeah. 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 We, we, we might have to look that up. <laughs> So then we move into no fathers, no manhood, and that's good. Yep, chapter eight. Really I, I think, about, yeah, I think that's a major part of our cultural issues that we're having right now. Is even if the man was in the house, he submitted to his wife most of the time, and so the child really didn't see what a father should should or could be. And you also have issues with that when it comes to people, whenever we talk about God being father and mm-hmm. people going, uh, my father kind of sucked, you know, and you don't want to worship something that reminds you of a bad father. <laughs> we hear yeah, little th- munchkins outside the door. Um, yeah. Thing is like, you think about how much society has just placed a norm in 2022 about like, Oh yep. Dad went to go get milk from the grocery store. It was four yeah. years ago. Still waiting on him to come back or yeah. He just Part went out for cigarettes. So seven years ago, but that's fine. He's coming back. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, TV shows like all in the family and the Simpsons and, uh, family all guy, all American family. dad, What's all in the family? No, 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 not all in the family. I'm sorry. I'm thinking um, married with children. Can't say I've seen that one. Yeah. It's an older one. But I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, American Dad. Um, all sitcoms nowadays, I mean, the dad's the dad's a buffoon. He means well, but he's a buffoon. And I mean, and, even like, yeah, Man with a Plan and uh, Last Man Standing, uh-huh. which are more... Last Man Standing was probably the better in that sense because Tim Allen uh, may have came off as a jerk in a lot of ways. Um, and intentionally, that was played up. Yeah. And he, he, he caused his own amount of mischief. But when it pushed come to shove, he was the guy who fixed everything within the family. Mm-hmm. So that was actually a better one. That I not to say that it was perfect or anything, but no, but I, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. And even like, uh, you mentioned the one with uh Joey, yeah, man, man, man with, with a plan. plan. And I'm I'm trying to remember that was that was 
That was a decent show. I was gonna too. say we we really enjoyed that one, but yeah. it, it did kind of highlight like, yep, dad's just constantly screwing things up every episode, and then there's something yeah, to be yeah, fixed yeah. by every end of episode, and like he'd be working through a lot of problems, right? His I will say this about that show was he was still the hero in the show though, right? Like I mean, yeah, like, yeah. At the end of the show, he fixed it. Mm-hmm. Where so it was, wasn't like Homer Simpson getting just stuck drunk at a bar kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, you you corrected me. It isn't every, but it's it's the bulk of them. Yeah, it, I would yeah. say it's the bulk of them. Um, maybe we're coming out of that a little bit. Maybe maybe people are tired of seeing men. I think I would ag- I would agree with that because like Man with a Plan and Last Man Standing are both fairly new shows. Yeah. where it's not like The Simpsons aired on like twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seasons. Yeah, yeah, they've been around for a while. And... Yeah, yeah. It... That's a good point. So I think even the secular world, you see that too because you've got Jordan Peterson. Um, you've got uh, like even on my Facebook feeds and stuff where you do those short videos, I've got all kinds of stuff where it's kind of like um, be a man, be a man. Um, most of it is secular and 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 almost machizo. What is his name? There's a guy who got in trouble. He got kicked off of all social media. Um, he was a UFC fighter. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he got, he, you know, he was very much machizo. Um, but there, there, there's a middle ground there. I do know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. He was, he's names. English. Yeah. He's part, uh, I think he's mixed racially, but he's English nationally. Yeah. UFC fighter. Junk talker. I mean, he just. A UFC that. UFC fighter that talks junk? What? Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and so this guy, I mean, what did everything he say was wrong? No, was everything he said right? No, um, and the things that he said was right was not because he was a genius. It, it was because there was a biblical worldview down deep, and he's even though he didn't agree with the Bible or doesn't agree with the Bible. He saw the benefit of of uh, patriarchy, patriarchy, and that that's something you're you're seeing um, where and this this book talks about that. It talks what does it call it the um, functional the functional bastard? Yeah, yeah. Where where even though you had a dad, you don't act like you had a dad, or your dad mm-hmm. didn't really help you, so you wind up looking at YouTube to learn how to change your oil. Or you go to the internet to find out how to be a man. Or. Yeah, so where it talks about here, like, without fathers, sons remain boys. They grow up clueless about how to harness and aim their masculine natures, and they are functional bastards. Yeah. 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 That's a punch to the gut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a punch to the gut. Because, I mean, I mean, even, I don't know about you, but even in my life, I've, I've looked at places when I went, I see that in my own life. Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. My, my dad, my dad is a man. Like, like there is nobody would ever look at my dad and go sissy coward, feminine. He, I mean, he, he's made a live, he's not a millionaire, but he's done exactly what he wanted with it. I mean, he makes, he makes the money that he wants to make. He could make more if he wanted to, he could make less. He makes the money he wants to make. He does what he wants to do. He, 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 um, he's just a man. Very much his own self. Yeah. yeah. Now he's lost, and we pray for him, and and I want him to know Jesus. But but 
because my parents split up when I was young, I can see where there there's that uh uh that place in my life to where I, I you know I didn't spend as much time with my father as I could have. Um, every other weekend isn't a whole lot when when you when to be discipled by your father, right? And and so I can see some of that in my own life, where. I know other guys, their parents stuck together and everything, but their dads, you know, they came home after work. They sat down in the couch and they watched TV. Mm-hmm. Supper got ready, you know. Um, it's almost just as bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was, it was uh, uh, mama wore the pants. Mm-hmm. Mama, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and you hear, well, you don't want to make your mama mad. Don't want to make your mama mad. And so these guys are kind of in the same boat and, and, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you want them as a husband or, or father, you want to just make the mother mad or the mom mad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sh- you you have to take charge. Now, I, I want to clarify something to you, just for example. Taking charge does not mean, look here, woman, I'm making all the decisions now. You know, it's not that. It's, it's one thing at a time. It's saying, hey, look, because if you just try to just, all right, Bam, punch through the wall. I'm in charge now. First of all, you're going to screw up a lot mm-hmm. because you haven't been doing it. You're not in practice on mm-hmm. it. Number two is you're going to hurt your wife tremendously because uh, she's not prepared for it and she's had to fill in a role because of your empathy and your laziness and your whatever it may be. And so, you know, take charge. Of one thing and then another thing and then another thing so that the transition is smooth and you make less mistakes and she's not injured by it. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it comes down to like a, a healthy balance of things, you know, like like pretty much most things in life. But yeah, uh, like two sides of it being like, like accepting that responsibility as a man and taking yeah. on that role, like in being willing to embrace that responsibility yeah. and that yeah. level, like understanding you got to be the one who's going to make the final decision. Yeah. But that decision not necessarily is yours alone to make at the same time. So, you know, you have to foster relationships with those around you to be able to make the yeah. best thing moving ahead. Well, if you're a boss of a company, you're not you're not just doing whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. You've got a lot of considerations to make. You've got to worry about your employees and the people above you. Or you're just You've not going to be a boss very long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it's same thing within in a relationship. So say say for example, um an investment comes up and and there's a chance that we could get rich like legitimately rich, but it's going to take everything we have to invest. And I say, baby, I, man, everything I listen to, it sounds like a good idea. I, I you know, it's a, it's a, it's a risk. I, I admit, but everything I see and have heard, it's a good idea. And she says, well, here are the two, three issues I have with it. And you say, okay, I acknowledge those two or three issues. Let's pray about it. Because we don't want to just act hastily, but there is a deadline. Say, say, the deadline is it's Wednesday, okay? And and you sit there and you go, okay, all right, let's pray. And you pray with her over it, and you walk through it, and you listen to her concerns, and you listen to what she has to say, 
And the culture would say, if you haven't made a, a decision by Wednesday, go with the negative thing, right? So just don't do it. Um, But still, it's your choice, okay? And so you do it. You do it. And it doesn't work. The responsibility doesn't fall back on your wife. Nope. It falls on you. Now, say you don't do it and it 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 works, right? And your wife comes to you and says, Baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We should have invested in that. I was short sighted. You say that happens. Some people are like, women don't apologize. They should if they're biblical, right? Just like you should apologize when you're wrong. Um, but she come, you should be able to look at her and say, that's that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. That's not your fault. It fell on me. It fell on me. And, and you have nothing to feel sorry about. And I love you. Yeah, right something there. about like validating yeah. the concerns and arguments and fostering that relationship to open up a door for just better communication all around. Because yeah. that bleeds over into other things more than just religion and finances. Exactly. And, and you know, decision-making at all kinds of levels in a marriage, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah, and, and as long as, you know, it, it's you, you don't go, shut up, woman, I'm, you know, that's not what we're advocating mm-hmm. at all. And in fact, if we saw that as a church, we would we would step in and That'd say, "Look, dude, you can't you can't talk to your woman, that, you can't talk to your wife that way. Mm-hmm. You can't." Um, but we also understand that when when push comes to shove, when the decisions are made, it falls on the husband's head. Regardless, he is of how responsible. It goes. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And a lot so, of the military career I've spent just learning how to mitigate risk more or less and just training. That's why we train so much, right? It's all about mitigating risk in combat or, you know, peacetime, whatever we're doing. We don't want, we want it like we have an inherently dangerous job, but we try and mitigate that risk. And like, that's, I think what the book's talking about too, in in a, in a different way. Okay. uh, Or just putting it in a different way, like mitigating risk and mitigating, um, not so much like risk in the sense of what most people would picture with like a job hazard, or occupational hazard, something like that, but more of, uh, you know, risk in intangible damage to relationships or, uh, I'd say, like, struggling with the word here, but, like, just, like, a spiritual uh, relationship, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. But, you know, you're, you're mitigating damage to these things by keeping God included. Well, let me ask you this. When you say something like that, an example of that would be um, a church, right? Right. What church do we want to go to? Do we, you know, yeah, that church has a good children's ministry, but man, the the pastor there is, is on, like he, he's preaching the gospel, but they don't have the children's ministry. Mm -hmm. Which one's more important? Which one is, 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 so, so you're mitigating there. You're saying, you're prioritizing, yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and and saying what is more important, what 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 as a family are we investing in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to like so, and that taking that example a step further, let's say you bring to that church and you you raise concerns to that pastor, like, hey, look, I really like this church, love the truth that you're speaking, really want to do more, and here's something that I think we see 
is a downfall in the church, and yeah. maybe that's something like you want to see a children's ministry, start one. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring bring that to the yeah, church. Yeah, you've definitely gonna... been a part of our church. If you if that's the way you think yeah. it's gonna go, yeah. <laughs> you, know. you know. Oh, you want a children's ministry? Oh, all right, okay. all right, go for it, go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and 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 I'll say this just too: be like, prepared for that too. And part of this, the book, and 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 the way we look at things too, and and here's a rabbit. But we'll make it short. Um, is children's ministry first of all and foremost should be in your home mm-hmm. should be in your home now can the church help can the church do this can the church do that yes but Wait, are you saying are, are you saying parents are res- responsible for raising their kids a little bit a little bit i mean what? i'd hate to offend anybody <laughs> but yeah yeah fathers this is and, and bringing that back yeah you do that you disciple your sons in your home they're going to see what a man looks like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're John Wayne or I don't know another John. I was going to say John two Wick. John. Yeah, John yeah. Wick. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you could be you could be that kind of gruff, manly man, or you could be the more office, little bit uh, softer guy. But that that's not what makes you a man. Do we have an example of what a good father would look like? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, when we when we read scripture, I mean, if you should be able to look at that and say, okay, he loves his kids, mm-hmm. he, and he loves and he disciplines his children. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we were talking about at Thanksgiving night. You know, saw some of my kin folk talking about some. Uh, uh, hold on, we are being interrupted by. No. <laughs> Okay, well, keep playing. They're starting to get bored. So the next thing is no gravitas, mm-hmm. no manhood. And I think I think the best way to handle this chapter real quick is just to, uh, uh, let's see here, the list that he had. C.S. Lewis. Where am I at? Did I just Are you looking at page uh, 133 here? Oh, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. 132, rather. Okay. You want to read number one? Sure. A man who fears the Lord gives and receives instruction and rebuke so as to become more like his father. That's good. Uh, I, and and I've I've told people how many times I don't I don't know how many times. Um if you're gonna be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. You have to be able to understand mm-hmm. that type of dynamic. And it's kind of the same thing here. If you're going to, you know, your father rebukes you, the fear of the Lord rebukes you, causing you to be more like him. And so you can carry that down to um, the kids too, right, as parenting. They need to lovingly fear you and respect you. Whoa. Whoa. That was weird. Yeah, I want. I want. I'm almost wondering if uh, a hunter didn't drive by with one of those tracking devices. Oh yeah, because I saw a truck go by at the same time while that was happening. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, number two, a man who fears the Lord hates evil, especially pride, arrogance, and perverted speech. How many men think that being a man is being prideful and arrogant? Oh. Absolutely. And perverted speech. I mean, think about... Like, that's been flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I especially imagine you seeing like young Marines coming in, especially. Speaking of young Marines, I actually had a young Marine told me this the other day. I had a young Marine tell me this the other day that kind of threw me off and didn't know how to react at first, to be honest. Uh, but was he said like some of the effect of, well, if uh, Jesus had died on the cross, like you know, to save our our uh, our souls from sin and everything like that, then I need to sin more to make my make his death worth it or something like that. Uh, you know, it, was, it was something like that. May we, we can't quite if it right. if if this is grace shown to us, this is a biblical argument. Paul makes it. If grace is shown to us, then we should sin more so that grace may abound. Yeah, yeah. right. It's the same argument. Yeah. It's the same yeah. argument. And the next word is surely not. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. because what God wants from you is obedience. Mm-hmm. What God wants from you is obedience. And and so if you think that sinning more is grace abounding, you're actually living without grace and will pay for it. Mm-hmm. And will pay for it. So And I think that's where you you know, come back and coming back into the book uh just understanding the relationship between sin and evil and yeah. you know sin as a, a black and white category more or less on like on a gray scale that like a lot of people like to paint yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know oh well i'm not killing somebody so it's not that bad right I'm not hitler yeah. It, yeah 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 now that's a good point that's a real good point a man who fears the lord is connected to no i'm sorry yeah, yeah, a man who fears the Lord is content to be made content. low because he understands how he compares to God. I think that's a huge thing too. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to be a leader. You got to be like humble. Servant leadership is, you know, you see time and time again kind of in this Absolutely. book and the Bible and everything, you know, we're like Jesus washing feet. Yeah. That's that's servant leadership right there. Yeah. The 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 leader is the one who looks out for the most people. Mm-hmm. And you and understand most people. how small you are in comparison to God because you know mm-hmm. how big God is, you know? And that doesn't allow you to be prideful. Mm-hmm. When, when you look at it that way, it does not allow you to be prideful. Mm-hmm. A man who fears the Lord, uh, trust the Lord. And that, I mean, it, when they say fear the Lord, it's not, oh, I'm about to get struck by lightning. Oh, dear. It, it's, it's, it's knowing that God has standards. It's knowing that God has set responsibilities before me. It's knowing that, and there, I want to fulfill those things. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that because they're getting the fatherlessness. I think it's also too kind of talks about, um, and back to the fatherlessness too. I forgot this book goes through the all the you know uh, statistics of what happens, like just to, to a majority of fatherless homes. And like you know, statistics you got to be wary of because they're always painting a picture for one side or the yeah, other. Yeah, right? you can but, say these are statistics, but they're 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 pushing yeah, you to. They're one still th- pushing to something, but um, it's just kind of interesting. Something to even the way they ask questions in, mm-hmm. in surveys and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. shoot, I lost my page. But um, yeah, and I think too, going back to a man who fears the Lord, trusts the Lord. It's also talking about you know, like God does. When I read over that, it's, uh, thinking about how God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, being one of power, love, 
and sound judgment. Whereas uh, here, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I feel like there's a lot of responsibility placed on a a man that's supposed to be the masculine leader of his home. Uh, And there might be a lot of stress and anxiety that comes with that. Not going to take that out of consideration, but like this is where leaning on God can, can help. You know, this is where you're not going to be able to do it alone. You got to understand that and, uh, you know, trust in God's plan, trust in God's work. I know there's a lot done back there. Yeah. If we trusted in God like we were supposed to, man, the world would go so much smoother. I'd agree. I I mean, it is, it is. My car breaks down. I don't have the money to fix it. What is my response? It's to get angry. It's to get frustrated. It's to, it's to whatever. You know, be upset. And yeah. Now you're not going to be able to do all the things you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if we would say, all right, Lord, um, I'm going to start moving in this direction because I don't know what else to do. But Lord, if you would fix the vehicle for me, if you would, you know. And, and weird things happen when you put that kind of trust in the Lord. Like somebody will say, hey. I've got one of those in my garage. Mm-hmm. You, do you mm-hmm. need it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's something to be said for like you know you get a flat tire and it's like oh god here can you put air in my tire like it's that's, that's how it works right yeah, yeah but yeah. at the same time somebody driving by like hey you need a fl- you got a flat here I can help you know it's yeah yeah, yeah. it's working I mean, in ways like that because things happen like uh, you might be able to punch a hole in I mean patch a hole in the tire but maybe you go to plug in your your cigarette air compressor you know. Plan on spending the next afternoon on the side of the road, <laughs> but but you know it, it'll do the job eventually, and it and something happens to it. it. It just doesn't work for whatever reason, and then you're sitting there going, "What am I going to do?" And you know you're praying to God, and some truck pulls over, you know, work truck. They've got compressors on their trucks, and he just pulls, and you're you're rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. You went ahead and decided, all right, I'm going to work on this. You're praying the whole time, Lord, I don't know what to do. The air compressor isn't working. I'm going to get this fixed, but, but, uh, Lord, can you, can you fix this? I need, I need, I need this taken care of. And it may be somebody pick a perfect stranger picks you up and takes you somewhere to to go get a tire or something. Who knows how that works, but, um, I've quit praying so much for, the way that I want things to work out. Like I used to pray in a way that was like, Lord, if you would make this happen and I'd pray now, you're supposed to pray specifically, right? I'm not saying don't pray specifically. I'm saying, but I would dictate how God should answer the prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know how, how I, I don't know how. And I have a dozen ideas and I'm not going to pray for any one of those. I'm just going to ask, can you do this? Please do this for me because I, I can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, okay. Yeah. Those, those, those are weird cir- circumstances, but, but you know, what about at work? Are we praying over what we have to do today before we start that we are able to do it for the glory of God? And like, like, yeah, yeah. I te- on a technical sense, I can fill out a form. I can do this. I can do that. But am I really leaning on God in everything that I do and putting my life in his hands and allowing him to do? So, so yeah, he's given me the skill to, 
So should I pray over that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're to put everything in his hands. Because if you trust, I mean, if you fear the Lord, which means you want to do everything for the Lord, everything is for his glory, then you'll trust the Lord to handle all that for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean life will be perfect? No, you'll still get the flat tires. You'll still get the coworker who's a pain in the butt to work with. You'll still get those things. But God will get you through those things with grace for his glory. The thing is, those you got to understand, those trials are there for a reason. That's a that's a whole separate topic. But yeah, uh, yeah just that last bullet point going through that list, I was like, man, that's, that's a huge one to be said so simply put, you know. So then he has another list um, in chapter 10, Gravitas through. It's another one. It is. It is. It's that truck. Yeah, he's on the, the, he's on the uh, CB. I saw he had that long antenna. That's, that'll do it. That's funny. All right. Um, yeah, chapter 10, hey, Gravitas I know my duty. dog's down this road somewhere. <laughs> I see it on the radar. Everybody, everybody who thinks rednecks are not sophisticated, these dudes have dogs hooked up to GPS systems. <laughs> like, <laughs> you seen that? Uh, you seen that? The meme that speaks to my heart uh, was uh, it was like rich, cultured, educated uh, city dwellers or something doing farming, and it shows like this this nasty looking garden with plants just all over the <laughs> soils, just all over there's rocks and just no flower bed, like nothing, just like a total mess. It's unorganized. Yeah. It's just unorganized and some random plants in somebody's backyard kind of thing. And then it's like poor, uh, uneducated, dumb redneck farmers, uh, grazing crops. And it shows like a combine on a GPS <laughs> system with a GPS tractor laying up onto it, all automated that- systems connected and it's like doing, you know, plants in rows yeah. and things like that. And it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, and that's that speaks to the whole just <laughs> people think just because you're not got a doctorate or something that you're uneducated. No, the education's just different. Mm-hmm. The education's different, and wait, you can be and a lot of people are something a pa- piece of paper on the wall. What? Yeah, it, well, well, even a bigger surprise. You can have a doctorate and be dumb. <laughs> I've met oh. those people. Oh, college students are the dumbest smart people I know. Terrible. I love my sister, <laughs> but she has moles. Uh, that's a whole Larry the Cable Guy joke. Um, no, but my, my sister, who I love dearly, and she'd admit to this, doesn't hardly have to crack a book to do school, but just has the hardest time figuring out things that just come so naturally to me. You know what I mean? I'm over here going, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect. Why well, didn't no, no, no. but book smart? Like I mean, like nobody's business. It's it's probably rare to find somebody who's both common sense and book smart. They're the really successful people in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, chapter ten <laughs> talks about Bill Gates wants to take over and feed us bugs. <laughs> Bill Gates, for all the money he has, does not have gravitas. Uh, I think if he walked into a room and I was in that room, there would be no no respect shown by me, outside of what is shown just in courtesy to, to other normal people. Yeah, yeah. Like like there would be nothing like where I'm like, oh man, there's Bill Gates. Like I've met certain pastors you meet. I mean, pastors who are just 
Like when I met Vody, Vody's a lighthearted, big, dark black guy, big beard, deep voice, thunderous voice. And I met him and I said, <laughs> I won't get to it. Pastor Roddy, man, it's so good to meet you. you you've done, I, I love hearing you preach. Um, I love what you've done. Um, and, and just, I appreciate your ministry so much. But I will have to say, I'm a little disappointed. And he went from, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, you know, smiling, being very pleasant to, to what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and, and I said, man, I thought you'd be bigger than I am. <laughs> he he let out a big old belly laugh, you know what I mean? But but just his hands were massive. Like, I ain't got tiny hands, but his hands just dwarfed mine. I mean, just this big dude, smart, smart. I, I mean, like, I forget. He went to one of those Ivy League um, English schools. Harvard, not Harvard, but like uh, Cambridge or, or Yale or something. Yeah, yeah, I forget what they were, which one it was, but Oxford. Maybe it was Oxford. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that kind of smart. And, uh, but at the same time, very lighthearted, you know, laughed at the joke, didn't take himself too seriously. Down to earth kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to me, when I, that, uh, that's who I see with gravitas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Absolute respect for the man. Um, would not disrespect him at all. And at the same time, someone who's not haughty. You know what I mean? Doesn't think too much of himself. And that goes back to what we we're talking about. Going to this list, stop seeking praise. If you want to be have gravitas, you should stop seeking praise. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of those things that's easier said than done. Especially for people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Are you a people pleaser? No. 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 I'm. I. I do the opposite of that most of the time. Okay. But yeah. Well, you're such a friendly guy. I. I. I and that was a legitimate question because I was. I started to just put that label on you, and I'm like, well, at the same time, I haven't ever seen you do like. I've never seen you do something like that made me go, he's people pleasing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're such a nice guy. I think that's the the. Uh, Alaska Canadian in me, you know, like you just you gotta help your friend out because you never know when your boat's gonna be broke down or your snowmobile is gonna be on the side of the road and you're out of gas or you slipped a belt, you know, something like that. I do know my snow never my snowmobile may never be out of gas because I may never own a snowmobile ever. And God, unless God does move me to uh, Alaska for some reason, I'm sorry. That was gonna be a lot of praying in that case. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no. So I, I don't think I, I go out of the way to seek praise. Um, yeah. The one thing I struggle with this list is stop being self depreciating. You know, I'm yeah, usually yeah, yeah. apologizing, sorry in advance. Here's something I'm, I don't expect a lot out of me. Like I, I live by the under promise and over deliver. But I, at the same time, like probably to an unhealthy amount. I, I, I think I've got a lot of that too. In the sense of, I know I'm, I'm six four, barefooted. I'm six four. I'll stand six five, close to six six, with my work boots on. Mm-hmm. Three hundred pounds, um, and I'm not flabby fat. I, I mean, I'm I'm overweight, but I'm not just you know like a blob, um, yeah. you know. And you know, big big structured guy, you know, like lumberjack type fella. 
and I've got a I got a big voice, and I know when I walk up to people, like I come off as big, and 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 nobody. Was that an emergency? Being bored is an emergency. <laughs> oh, come here, come here, both of you, come here, come here. T- here, tell everybody, hey. Hi. Hi. All right. Hello. All right, now you've been on the podcast. <laughs> Go away. Hey, shut the door. So, um, so there's that part of me that is that tries to soften that blow. Mm. Um, I'm very self confident as well. Um, in a sense of like, I tell people all the time, they'll go, you always act like you know what you're talking about. And I go, that's because I do. <laughs> and, and they'll go, well, that kind of makes you a prick. And I'm over there going, no, 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 no. What would make me a prick if I acted that way about something I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you say, hey, Sasquatch, uh, what do you know about? The new John Deere combines, you know, you're right, rednecky. You ought to know things like that. I'd go, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, or I'll go. This is my opinion about something. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll hear me say that quite a bit. My opinion is, um, and that that's partly to soften that blow to so that people aren't sitting there going, he just thinks he knows everything, because I do. I, I mean, I, I make it a point not to speak on things I don't know about, and speak clearly about the things I do know about. Mm-hmm. And and but to our modern sensibilities, I come off as just a big loud know it all. Mm. And so there is a part of me that, that that is very like I make jokes about myself all the time about being fat, about having big ears. Um about being a loud redneck, you know, I, I, my, my sense of humor is one to degrade myself so that you don't, so that I'm not intimidating. Hmm. And like you said, when I was reading that, I'm not on the right page anymore, but when I was reading that, I thought to myself, I've got to stop that. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like I, I should I, probably stop doing that. I don't have the intimidating factor that you do coming up to somebody well, I remember when I had my own business and passing out business cards. Yeah. And people were just... I mean, I, I know y'all can't see that, but I mean, people would just look at me with big eyes and look up at me. And so when we pass out tracks, I make a point. I'm like, I don't know. Let somebody else do that. Now, sometimes I will, but but for the most part, um, I have noticed that you'll pass out more tracks to smiling people if you have someone like uh, Arabella. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody like that, um, unintimidating, un the people, you know, some people are just rude to the to her, but you know, she's small, she she's uh she she's not intimidating. People think I'm trying to scam them. I mean, I mean it's just they see me and they oh no. I mean it's almost like that. And that's not how you want to start Yeah. Conversations yeah. and things. Of, yeah, there's just some preconceived notions about yeah. about that, yeah. I ought to just put on like a biker vest and adopt it. 
Yeah, see, that was where, like, I'm almost to the opposite end of the spectrum with, like, seeking praise, uh, people-pleasing, um, just going to school in a, in a pretty liberal city of Seattle, Washington, mm. um, in the Evergreen State. Great place, but, yeah, people ruined it. And um, I wasn't shy about my opinions or anything about that, driving around in my lifted diesel truck. I was about to say, with that big diesel. Yeah, yeah, so I got a lot of... I guess if I were a Facebook post, like people would have disliked it. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or it would have been filtered out nowadays. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. So it was uh, where I, I was not really going out of my way to be ignorant or rude to people, like still showing just the basic level of human decency yeah. and, and courteousness to it. But also at the same time, like, hey, look, I know you have your opinion and you think very strongly about it. I have mine. I just don't care about yours. And so I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to go out of out of my way to care at all. And so it wasn't. It was like almost, almost. Yeah, I'll to do the you opposite. the courtesy of not calling you an idiot, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, but, yeah, I was trying not to be ignorant, but it was like borderline. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll leave that to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and part of that takes growing in Christ and maturing, right? Yeah, that's I mean, the other a, thing a lot of these like things. Eighteen years old and just red hot. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, no, all no. The time. All right, number three, not complaining. You don't seem to be a complainer. I like to think I, I'm I'm doing all right with this. I don't know if I know how to solve problems, but I at least know how to not complain about the problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm very much of the mentality of don't complain, fix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't complain, fix. Um, and the older I get, the more that's a clear thing. That's one of the reasons we were talking earlier. I said ah, outside of boot camp, I think I'd have been because my my, my mindset is that quit complaining, fix it. Yeah. When we were talking about the structure of the military. Like where I was talking about pros and cons, like as a as a captain, I get to make a lot of decisions and just walking around as an as an O three officer, like you think about like, okay, hey, what this guy's gonna say carries weight to it. And so like if he sees a problem, hey, you guys shouldn't put this gas can next to like uh like that dude welding over there in the airframe shop. Just throwing that out there probably should fix that. Like so it's it's little common sense things like that. I can yeah. I can interject and as a captain, like, okay, yeah. Basically, he's telling me to fix this, like order it, and so that structure is yeah. there. But also at the same time, you see, like if there's like something going on in the Avi shop and Frames is there, and they're like, "Hey, that's Avi stuff. We don't touch it." Like that's their lane. This is our lane, and so yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the structure kind of has its pros and cons. But yeah, um, that makes sense. I, I mean, I mean, that's like if uh, in a, a, a lot of people may work in factories, but you know. Somebody, uh, uh, a team leader or a supervisor from another, another part of shop the tells you what to do. Yeah, it comes yeah. in there and he's like, "Hey, you need to do this." You're like, "Who are you? Yeah, you're like, not like, you're, you're not, not you're my not boss. my boss. What are yeah. you What are you talking about?" And uh, he even may be right, mm-hmm. but but he's still coming from. So I see why those those boundaries why are there. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, like common sense. When it comes to common sense stuff, you're like, just just. Just fix it. Yeah. 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 Why are you? Yeah. Why are you? Why is this wrong? Why uh, this wrong? stop making excuses. Hmm. That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, and I think everybody's guilty of it. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean myself. It, it is. It is. Even even as somebody who says I need to take responsibility, you say I'll take responsibility. I'll do it. I, I'll I'll pay the punishment. I'll I'll. We were talking about in a marriage, the husband takes the responsibility. <laughs> But, um, that being said, go get, go downstairs and get some water. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to go down there, though. I heard him say, let's go play. We're thirsty. Go get some water. We have to go downstairs. Let's just play instead. All right. So, um, make it, yeah, but, but, you know, there's always that part of your brain that says, yeah, but that wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take responsibility. I'll, I'll pay the, the, but in all reality, I mean, that, you're like, there was something you know, outside of my I control, control that I couldn't control that. Uh, yeah. And you put that off where in reality, even if that's true, you don't use that as an excuse. So I was talking to someone just the other day. And I was trying, what was, what were we saying? It was yesterday at Thanksgiving. One of the Thanksgiving, I was talking to somebody and I said, I made a comment. I said, this is the way it is. I said, now that's not an excuse. It's just to help explain why I did it the, the way I did. I wish I could remember the exact example, but uh, probably talking about being dyslexic or something. But but, and and that is a good. I mean, I could I could all day long go. It's not my fault. I'm dyslexic. I mean, like I'm not a little bit dyslexic. I'm a lot dyslexic, and it's not my fault. Well, if I had done that, I'd never be a pastor today, because there's so much reading and writing and developing ideas and and just that type of thought process that goes that, that I could make those excuses. Now you can acknowledge the problem, right? Not complain, not, not make excuses, acknowledge it. But then like you were talking about, find a way to solve the problem. My problem is I have a hard time reading and focusing. The solution is a mixture of technology and discipline. Mm-hmm. we don't make the excuses we see a problem we fix it there again we were talking about Jocko Willington's book uh, Extreme Ownership would be such a good partner book with this it's not a Christian book it's got cursing and that kind of stuff in it but the, the points that he makes I mean would especially when we're talking about the gravitas mm-hmm. I think would go extremely well yeah I'd agree yeah it's interesting that you mentioned the situation or the example of you know oh like like the dyslexia and being able to blame like a, just a, a a physical thing to have to overcome. Yeah. My uh my mom's older sister. Yeah. Yeah. Older her older sister. Uh, one of the the three girls that they'd had um was uh type two diabetic yeah. something like that. It, it, to where it was it it kind of controlled her whole life and she let it and it just like she got it like in her thirties. Yeah. Think. And um, it it ran her life after that, and she just stopped being able to have a job, stopped doing everything, and just like you know, it was it was like everything. It was like, oh well, I'm I'm diabetic and all this stuff, and so yeah. it weighed on everybody else. Who were like, you know, my mom got married at her age whenever she did to my dad. Um, well, her older sister was still unmarried, and she was like, well, I'm the older sister, I should get married first. It's not my fault that I'm <laughs> diabetic, and all. And, <laughs> and just it, it was it was wild. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, the extreme she would go to in the logic, and it's like to the point where it's like really hard to be able to follow. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's always somebody like, else's fault. Like that kind of sin was coming up with, uh, yeah, don't make any excuses. Like just living your life one excuse at a time. Yeah, it's just never your fault. And, and that's that's the problem, you know. It, that, and 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 look, the world endorses that. It that's does. why victim mentality is so high. Mm-hmm. That's why, um, you know, it, it, you are, you are, the world will bless you for finding excuses that aren't your fault. 
That is true. You'll get yeah. scholarships for being dyslexic. I, I say that. I, I never got a scholarship for being dyslexic. Um, if they were available at the time, I would have took it, to be honest with you. But, you know, um, but, but, but from what I understand nowadays, there are scholarships for that. So why not play into that victimhood mm-hmm. um, and make the excuse? Why not play into it? Financial and like actual incentives. Yeah. You know, yeah. that you can put on your hand. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's the way the world looks at things. And that's mm-hmm. why people, um, oh, you don't care what I have to say? Well, don't you know that I'm a black lesbian, you know? What do you mean, you people? I'm 100 and, I'm 164th American. Native yeah, American, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty daggone white. I'm pretty sure I've got more, <laughs> <laughs> more Native American than she does. <laughs> like, I mean, it just... I, if we lived lives where we did not make excuses... And I think you're seeing that. I think part of the fifty-fifty split within our country, and I'm I'm, I'm having trouble staying on. Here we go, going down another yeah, rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy! But but is you see the part of the country who says take responsibility, and you have the other half who says make us. Yeah, you see what I'm saying, that, yeah. and, and 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 I think that's a big problem that that beyond what we're reading here. But men men. How many men have been raised without any fathers to say, shut up, mm-hmm. sit shut down. Shut up, this is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting a spanking. Mm-hmm. You spank your children? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And and now, there again, how do you, how do you go about that? Right? You have to take responsibility for your kids. People don't understand this. People go, well, they'll, they'll turn out the way they turn out. The Bible says that if you raise a child, that's, that's how he turns out. Now, is that true every time 100%? No, that's a general rule. Um, you know, things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as, as, as a general rule, you, you, you know, your parents raise you in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Even if you go away from that, most of those guys do come back to Christianity. They do come back to God. Um, and it, it is, it is frustrating as a parent to watch other parents who just let the children lead. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we talk and we, we're being silly and we talk about men leading the homes. And I think most people look at that and they think, well, they're just, they're just ugly. They don't like women. But the reality is, like, you see it with kids, too, where kids are running the home. And that's even worse. Mm-hmm. That's far worse. Anyways. Yeah, another, speaking of that point, too, with uh, the last one, one thing I've battled a lot in my workplace is, like, we've always done it that way. You know, mm. and and that's oh well, I can't really tell you why, but that's what the SOP says. So that's that's how we're gonna do it. And it's like, yeah, but that literally makes no sense. Why why that, would you do it this way? Why wouldn't why wouldn't we do it this way? It's safer. It's more efficient. It's it's logistically simpler. But what would, happens? What happens when you take that? Okay, this is a weird thing, but I, I see what you're saying. So you say, okay, this is the way it's always been done. Check. 
there's a better way of doing it. But this is the way it's always been done. You take it to the higher ups. No, this is the way it's always been done. And you're like, but, 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 but. at some point you have to say, like, okay, okay. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And, and and a lot of times what it is is there was a reason for doing it that way, mm-hmm. but things have changed. Everything changed around it, but that one rule, and now everybody's like, huh? And, and sometimes sometimes that makes great traditions, though, right? That, I mean, that's true, too. Like, like, there, like There's two sides of this, like. Uh, and and I'm just thinking it out. So I may I'm I'm not speaking authoritatively on this either. I, I'm I'm thinking it out because you said it and that struck a nerve. I mean, like I'm going, <laughs> yeah. But but to be fair, I mean, that's like uh the what are what are the black hats that English sh- soldiers wear when they guard the palace? Oh yeah, this yeah. bear hide or yeah. beaver hide or Whatever something like that. Are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a that's a cool military I mean, tradition. tradition. It goes back hundreds of years. Um. I would argue the, there's something to be said for celebrating a tradition or something doctrinal, um, vice, doing something because the guy who did it before you did it too, you know, or, yeah. or who had the job before you did it did it that way. Yeah, that's a hard thing to break, though. You know that it is. It is. I, I mean, when you know that that, especially for some, I, I think someone like me who kind of has the mentality of of like oh well the guy who, desi- who the guy who did this first probably had a good reason for it mm-hmm. you know like i try to give the benefit of the doubt on things like that oh absolutely and but there are times when when i and i'll say this as somebody who and and you probably see this as well there are times in leadership that you see things that that people be, uh who follow you don't mm-hmm. the people who follow you are like why don't we do this? And you're like, well, I mean, there's things I can't tell you, but there's there's reasons to why we are doing this, and mm-hmm. I, I'm going to need you to trust me. Yep, yep. And there's there's, times and, for, and there's there's a time and place for that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, what you're hitting at is like, hey, get the gas can away from the welder, and they're like, wow, we've always kept the gas can by the welder. I think that's what you're talking about, and I've over yeah, yeah, I've over analyzed little it things and, like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think it's it's just tossing it out there for food for thought kind of thing. Yeah, go away. <laughs> go play. Lord have mercy, son. They're crazy. All right, so stop breaking promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try. I try not to break promises. World would be a great place if people would stop doing that too. Yeah, you know a good way to help stop breaking promises: quit making dumb promises. Mm-hmm. Um, just being honest. Up me, front, me and you were that way. And up so, now, now, <laughs> me and you were both that way, and so it leads to conversations like this. You want to meet this week? Yeah, if I can. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, do you know? No. I could do Wednesday or thir- Wednesday yeah, yeah, yeah. or Friday. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well let's do Friday. What time? Yeah, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have the kids. Is that okay? You know? And mm-hmm. and but what do we do? We 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 both wind up seeing that and going, Okay, I'd rather have that than him saying, Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the moment before or you're at the church and yeah, somebody goes, Hey, oh, sorry, man. I'm not yeah. gonna be there. Yeah. 
I knew it was a possibility, but this I, is uh, definitely something I'm growing up. And all of my old friends will tell you I really struggle with, and I'm always that guy who's like, "Oh, you tell him nine o'clock, so when he gets there at ten, he'll be on time." <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing. I'm still working on that. Now, but, uh, now would that be people pleasing though? Because you're telling somebody what they want to hear. I mean, probably. Yeah. 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 Probably. But well, so like, you going to hell? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying people would be telling me that. Because I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there at ten, sure, and then I'll show up at eleven, kind of stuff." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would that would be myself. Like, yeah, I'm just naturally late. I don't know, naturally late, running around doing other stuff, get sidetracked, and yeah, things take longer than they do. That, that's hard you know? for me. Whenever I know I've got things back to back, and I'm in the middle of something, I don't want to stop. Well, to, it's, to, it, to it's shift just growing gears. up. We were always doing something, and then you know we're out making hay. A wheel would bust off the hay rake or something. You fix that, and it's like, oh well, this uh, there's dude another went out hay and rake. Made hay. Yeah, I don't know. It's just always, always running into something or other. And there's me making excuses, but <laughs> yeah. I digress. Do you want to? Let's see here. What what do we got next? We got a couple of highlighted sections. Yeah, the whole chapter eleven: how to bear the weight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really like the way he'd opened it up. It is hard to exercise dominion throughout history, even at the best times with the best of teachers. Like, men have struggled. Um, and this all comes back from Adam, you know? And breaking it down to, like, today, just there's always going to be, uh, you know, choices and having to accept that there's a choice, that you make the choice, and then yeah. you bear the responsibility of the consequences from your decision, whatever impact it's made and, and follow on. Like that's there's just a lot to digest there and you know, how to how to go through and carry that and still be uh, a godly man. That's, and you're not gonna thing. make the right decisions all the time. Mm-mm. No, no, you gotta accept that. What Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to process because it, it's well it's like I, I uh, I'd like the example he gave here like to give an example in 1989 tornado wrecked Michael's grandmother's farm it obliterated the chicken coop wrecked two of the barns destroyed 10 acres of fencing and it cracked the roof of their, their house like that's that's a whole lot of examples a whole lot of things going on that's yeah. livelihood that's your house and your work all falling apart there um and, you know, within days, the rebuilding began. Within weeks, things were back to normal. And, you know, the tornado left wounds on the farm. But because of their uh, diligence, those wounds were not fatal. So it's like kind of, you know, that's that's a pretty bare-bones example and brushed over a lot there. But yeah. um, how you can go through a process like that, leaning on God the whole time and carrying out there and, like, you know, being able to remedy right or wrong kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so so it's been a long time since I read this chapter, and I'm trying to remember. I don't remember specifics. So I want to, I want to, I want to say something, and you tell me if the book talked about it. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a lot of things in which you can't handle. You, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam committed sin. And he could not handle the consequences of that. But God showed him grace. We sin 
and the consequence of sin is hell and damnation. Mm-hmm. But God gives us grace. He gives us mercy through salvation. You make a decision. Let's go back to the, the investment decision, and you lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who've, who've killed themselves over decisions like that mm-hmm. because they can't bear the weight. And some people are more naturally inclined to be able to handle things like that. But God has to be able to be the main focus so that God is bearing the weight for you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And and is that what the book is saying? I'm not, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just more like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. If not to say that, that that men can't walk through life without God without committing suicide, but if you want a clean a clean rep, so to speak, you take ownership, you take responsibility, you don't make the excuses, exactly what we're talking about with a gravitas. Mm-hmm. And you lean on Christ and you move on. Mm-hmm. You move on. Yep. And and you don't allow, you learn from your past experiences, but you do not allow them to dictate the future. Does it, does it set? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Which there, you know, I mean, that's a heavy topic within its own yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's why just... it takes a whole chapter just to talk about that. Yeah. And like you were saying, it, it, when they rebuilt the farm, it still had scars. Mm-hmm. It still had scars, but it didn't make the farm. It didn't stop them. It didn't stop them from yeah. rebuilding it and making it profitable again. Mm-hmm. And that chapter's uh, manhood, uh, manhood through mission. Oh, I skipped a chapter somehow. There's a lot of bullet points in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I highlighted quite a bit. Uh, kind of talking about you know just having a mission. You know, and more so like military. This oh mission, yeah. Kind of get get hairs raised up, but uh, <laughs> just talking about a mission being your best effort at wisely integrating your interests, skills, and circumstances into a personal vision for exercising dominion over what God has given you. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing to understand. Like, there's there's a I think a I don't know, there's one thing to be said for having lofty goals and dreaming and aspirations to get somewhere where you're not, Yeah. you know? But also understanding what you have now is still something that you need to make a mission to make a priority to have control over. Talking about, and we're back. All right, sorry about that. Did I interrupt it? The boys walked in to my, we're bored. Take responsibility. <laughs> What we're talking about? Oh, yeah, talking about mission. missions. Yeah. yeah, mission. Just understanding what uh, you know, you still have to be responsible for what you're in charge of, what you have domain over now. Yeah, you know. Well, and and uh, you know, it's not it's it's not good. I've heard people say like God helps those who help themselves. That's not a biblical statement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not in the Bible. Um, but I think what people are trying to say in that is. Take what God's given you and 
invest it well into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And God will bless you with more. Mm-hmm. Take that responsibility and own it. And God will give you more responsibility. That's the, the parable of the talents. Um, there's so many things about that, but, but, um, part of that is finding your mission, right? To a certain extent, we all have the same mission, right? And that, that, that's, that needs to be, um, go forth and make disciples of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, there are people who are really introverted and computer savvy who might be better at doing it on Facebook and Instagram and that kind of thing than a guy who is more extroverted and is real talkative and just, I, I got buddies, man, who I'm so envious of. Like, I know you're not supposed to be envious of people, but, but, but like they can walk up to a complete stranger and start a conversation up like that. And it'd be natural. It'll be so natural. And I'm over here like, oh, I don't know. Part of it there again is my my, my size. So if I approach somebody, I'm less I'm less approachable. And and I, there again, just just looking like like a lumberjack. And 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 I'm less approachable. If I do approach people, they're kind of like, oh oh, what's he doing here? You know. Um. But once I get a conversation going, that's no problem. Once once the conversation. But I've got buddies who can just strike up a conversation about nothing. It, it, I mean, just and ask you questions about yourself. I mean, just just great conversationalist. And 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 those guys are are would be great evangelists, right? Um, it's uh, one thing I've always thought about my grandpa. Like he's something else. Like we can't take him anywhere without him. Somebody just sitting down, yeah. striking up a random conversation. It'll be three hours later. He'll still be talking to the same poor dude. Yeah. We're like, Grandpa, come on, you gotta leave this guy alone. Like, My dad is is that way. Um now I'm I'm a little bit different. Like I can be that way with somebody that I know. So like I walk into a store. My wife my wife always because uh our family talks about how crazy the men are in our family. The women in our family talk about how crazy the men are. And, you know, my grandma will be talking about my granddaddy and uh my stepmama talks about my daddy and that kind mm. of thing. And my wife will go, you're just like your your dad and granddad. And and but but both of them had more of a talent of they they wouldn't have to find a friend, right? They'd mm-hmm. make a friend. Mm-hmm. Where I, I'm like, if I find a friend, I'm that way. But 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 they make friends. I that's harder for me to do. I don't know and it's not like I mean, I you know, they got they gave me my genetics. They're not they're not little fellers, you know. Maybe my granddad was a little bit smaller, but um, probably, probably big side of normal, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, so, so I don't, I don't know, but, but find, find whatever that is, you know, if it's, if it's that type of a thing, if it's Facebook, if it's, you know, there's people who just find your talents, find your interests, find and work through those things. If God gave you a, a an interest in flying model airplanes, <laughs> go join a model airplane flying club. Mm-hmm. Right, and while you're there, talk to people about how wonderful it is to be able to interact in God's creation through this hobby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that's that's the way it is with hunting. I'm a hunter. Awesome, you know, I'm fishing. Awesome example. There again, the problem is with hunting and fishing is it can be a really isolative hobby. 
Not really a group activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it used to be more with dog hunting, a real big group activity. That, uh, you know, when I was young, Did we you? had thousands of acres to hunt off of, and we could just, you know, let the dogs loose, and we, you know, it'd be a it'd be a group activity. Now, now, steel hunting is a very so, you know by yourself solitude activity. Which is good in its own right. It gives you time to think. And, yeah, I was gonna say it's almost bad kind of if thing. you sit there and talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I took my little girl hunting for the first time the other day. Shot a doe. Yeah, we, we were going for Congrats. meat. Nice. And um, but like at one point, I see her head stuck out the window, and she's looking left and right. And I'm like, get back in here, get back in here, come on, stop. Yeah. You can't stick your head out the window. What's wrong with you? And she's like, I was looking. <laughs> Like, I just wanted to look. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so. It it was it was honestly a blessing to go with her, but she just. Da, 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 can I do this? Can I can I do that? What? Hey hey, the turkey. Look at the turkeys. I'm like, quit moving. The turkeys are going to see you. The yeah. problem we've had with Miss or the uh, the Yuka woman uh-huh. is she just can't sit still cannot just sit there and shake her legs and it like it, it shakes the pew while we're in church it's which is fine it's one thing but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when we're out in the woods it's when like, you're in a deer stand and yeah, the whole you, deer stands like you're like girl you gotta stop you, you've got to sit still yeah. <laughs> you gotta sit still it's like well i i need a snack and so she'll sit there and she, she can't bring like a granola bar or something it's gotta be doritos yeah yeah crinkle 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 crunch 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 oh. it's like okay we didn't see a deer. It was weird. <laughs> Don't know why. It was it was a fun day. It was a fun day. To get it, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you have to have meat, it's probably not the best idea. But if you're wanting to <laughs> bond with somebody, it's it's okay. It, it's okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So then we have chapter thirteen, which is uh, I don't know. I'm dyslexic. I'm gonna make excuses. Let's <laughs> talk in. Oh, ne- necessity of fraternity. It's kind of talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good one too. Mm-hmm. So, so talking about group activities. You're probably the best one at this, in the sense of you have two fraternities. You've got the church and the military. And and I can comfortably say that because uh, when the floor flooded in your home, your military buddies were right there. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't just work buddy type stuff. No, that was they, that was a uh, that was a uh, like no kidding. Yeah, but yeah, so, that was that was God at work in our in our life with uh, all the military guys like dropping the ball. Like, hey, we got it. not dropping the ball, but like dropping everything they were doing yeah. just to come help us out with yeah. the house and. That's something that we're trying to develop more in our Mm -hmm. church, where we were a church plant, and we didn't have a solid, okay, this is where we meet. Um, We kind of got people from all over, yeah, which spreads out the the church, Mm -hmm. which makes it harder to have that fraternity. So we're we're trying to build that up more uh, within the church, but it's it's important. Mm -hmm. Now, why is it important? Because I said so. Because <laughs> it's in the book. It's in the book, dummy. It's 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 a necessity. 
It's in the title. It's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, yeah, I mean, he, he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, thinking of your mission as a train and you're going to require rails. And so part of these rails is this, you know, the community the around, community you, around is what... you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, and 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 as a pastor, that that really does play in because, especially the way that I go about things is, if you came to me and said, "Hey, I wanted to start this ministry," I would say, "Okay, how can the church help you with that?" Right, and and there's a mixture of you have freedom to do what you want, but there's also responsibility to the church mm-hmm. because even though I'm giving you the freedom to to do the ministry the way you want. Mm-hmm. There is an understanding that you represent our our fellowship, our church. And so we want to make sure that you're on point. You're not teaching anything heretical, that that what you're doing represents us well. That that um and I don't mean that in the sense of like uh oh, I just don't like that. Uh, I mean it, it has to match what we're doing, right? Like uh I don't know what I can't think of a particular uh-uh. No, no, I just, I just read, uh, I just read a bit of scripture that really spoke to me about this exact thing, and it was like, uh, you know, you have the freedom of choice, not so that you can go divulge in sin of the flesh or whatever, uh-huh. but to go have, um, to go show compassion to your brothers and sisters, yeah, yeah, however yeah. you can, and like that, that beautiful like freedom of choice that we, as a just as a humankind yeah. go all over the place with, you know, yeah. that you see today. We abuse that. We abuse but, but, that yeah. in every sense of the word. Um, you know, it's something that can be totally used for God's glory. Yeah, yeah. That That's... And there again, the, the whole fraternity thing is, I think as Baptist and probably independent guys and um, non-denominational guys, Mm. we probably don't push the necessity of church like we should. Um, And the the idea that this is the place, I, I heard somebody recently refer to it as church, going to church on Sunday is the foundation of the rest of your week. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I think that's good. I think I think understanding church as something foundational to what you do the rest of the week is an is an amazing way to look at it. I'd say so, yeah. Because that's where you're you're coming in, you're being refreshed, you're being renewed, you're hearing the word of God. And if you're just a part of the singing and you're just listening to the guy preach, you're probably not thinking that it's that beneficial to you. But if you're participating in the singing and you are participating in the hearing of the word. In other words, you're actually listening to it, and the Holy Spirit is giving you stuff within, within mm-hmm. the preaching of the word. Um, then it's it's incredibly beneficial to mm-hmm. you. And and the problem is we've we've said church is like a marketplace. And so that going back to, well, you know, I like this church because it has this, and I like that church because I, and I need to, you know, and I just want to, I, I want I want my kids to be you know to be have trampolines, but at the same time you know I, and 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 we've turned into a market other than saying this is where I belong. I think there's a lot of it too that comes from modern, just 
quality of living, especially here in America where we're so blessed, uh, you see a lot of instant gratification. Like, oh, well, if I can't get it in like the next two to three business days, ain't worth having kind of thing. Or I'll yeah. go somewhere else for that that can get me next day. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And so, yeah, yeah, with the church, it's like, oh, well, they can't give it to me now. I can't get it now. I yep, can't even yep. get it tomorrow. Not, not interested. And a big part of this chapter was, if I remember correctly, him talking about, all right, it's a church. It's a place full of sinners. There's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. you need to understand that and be there yeah. for the fraternity as much as it is for you. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's you are participating and serve it as much as the other way around. Mm-hmm. And there again, I've always said this. I say always for the longest time I've said this. Uh, most people who really enjoy church really put in the church. Yep. yep. Most people who don't are the ones who are not investing in it i think it's really interesting that you mentioned it that way because like i i tell people a lot of that like you know if i get asked like hey how do you like the marines it's like well they've done a lot of good things for me and i'm able to acknowledge that and accept that like yeah there's a lot of crap a lot of a lot of terrible people to deal with but at the yeah. same time a lot of really cool people a lot of really cool places to go see so you, it is what you make of it yeah and a lot of people are taken back by that answer where it's like oh well i hadn't thought about if i had to put into it get something out of it but it's like kind of how it works and that yeah. that bleeds over into a lot of other things that that yeah yeah um because you're taking ownership over it to mm-hmm. a certain extent yeah i mean and that yeah. sounds weird saying that i take over ownership of of the middle but you know the army used to have that thing army of one yeah you know yeah. and it's and, that, and, i always thought that was a stupid slogan <laughs> i mean i'm i am i'm well, the first uh, to jump in line to help bash on the army because yeah, yeah, I yeah. come from an army family and everybody's like, oh, why would you join the Marines? Uh, it was better. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's also uh, inherently worse. And you've I got a weird, you, you, you're in a weird area. Um, you're a little bit closer to, to Jacksonville, but like we're fairly close to the middle between Jacksonville and Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of There's both a lot in this of military. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all worried about the atom bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, technically, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a couple of, like, you, uh, South Carolina's got a major. Anyways, yeah, we're in a, we're if if ever nuclear war broke out, we'd be in a rough spot. Oh, and you got like uh, Norfolk just. Three hours to yeah, the north, north, and then there's South Carolina and all yeah. of the jets and training that goes on uh-huh. down there. So I mean, there's Jacksonville, Fayetteville, even uh, uh, which we got some major nuclear plants, and we also have uh, Seymour Johnson, which isn't it's an Air Force base in Goldsboro. Did I just teach you something about the military? You did. All right. It's I don't, I don't think it's a much. major. I don't think it's a major. Uh, it sounds familiar now that you base, mentioned but... the name. I'm thinking, but I'm like, we've never flown over there, so I don't, I don't know. The Air Force is really, really weird about flying into their places, like Navy and Army air bases or Marine bases. You can fly, you're like, hey, call their base ops. You're like, yeah, PPR, sure, whatever time. Yeah, we'll just give you a blanket one for the whole day. Come on in whenever. Come fill up with gas. No big deal. We see helicopters all the time. Your helicopter takes the same gas. No big deal. But we yeah. go into the Air Force and like, oh god, it's a 53. Like we can't. We can't do that. No, 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 no. Really, like, really? Oh, yeah. It's so a different like, oh. type of helicopter than we're used to. Yeah, so. so they're like, yeah, we just can't do that. Or like, oh, it's going to take extra paperwork. And <laughs> Lord knows they're afraid of paperwork. So it's, it's all, it's a whole headache and a half. But. So the Army's better than the Air Force. 
in my as as somebody would say, in in my humble but accurate <laughs> opinion. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, the excellence of marriage. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was an awesome chapter too. Kind of like where we talked about before this podcast had started. Uh, just highlighting, since a wife is a complement to your mission, she cannot be the mission itself. And uh, you think about just how many people are out uh, to gratify themselves, regardless of gender, going out just to go uh, see something more fleshly as opposed to trying to complement a mission for God. Like that's a huge way to frame a relationship and like relationship goals. Yeah. A, a view on relationship goals. Well, you know, it's, yeah, I love my wife. Yeah. I was attracted to her, all that kind of fun stuff. But the truth is why we got married is because we said, I want to serve God. You want to serve God and we can do it better together. Exactly. Yeah. That, that I think is something that we need to, even as Christians, I, I, don't, I don't think we see it that way. We, no, we do I, see it I as think... ooey-gooey love, um, how I feel. You see it, so so. I was talking to... Uh, uh, I'd argue is like what a lot of Christian view, I would, and just from what I've seen from the church, uh, what marriage can provide you is children. And children are good for the church because we get numbers. Ooh, there, ooh. You know? Has Whereas, that come from me? No, no. Okay. Just, just from what, from like, just growing up. Like when you about, said like, that, I'm like, yeah. Am I guilty of that? <laughs> but I, I feel like that's just that's kind of the general consensus is like why we want to be married is to have kids, and kids are good for the church because yeah. that's how we grow numbers. And just from like other Christian friends or uh, just, I want to say religious leaning. I don't yeah, really yeah, yeah. know where they're at with their own walk with Christ or what their denomination is, but a lot of. My work friends, you know, the coworkers have uh, uh, every now and then it's brought up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like we had, we got married because we got, we had, we can have kids, and like kids is how, how like that's good for our church. That's how we grow our numbers." And it's like, well, mm. yeah, that's that's one way to look at it, but I feel like that shouldn't be the only reason you're getting married, you know? Kind no, of no, 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 and, no. And I don't know because what happens about. if you can't have kids? What happens if God doesn't bless you with children? <laughs> That's a good question. Right, and that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Does that mean that you failed the mission? No, it means God has a, a, different, a different mission plan. for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, that being said, I, I think that is it is important to look at that and say, we want to have kids for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That has to go further than just having them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That has to yeah. go into discipling them and, exactly. and, and having them become Christ followers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and And... And that that you know that is I mean the the first the first way the first form of discipleship was Adam and Eve had kids and disciple their kids and mm-hmm. and you know then one murdered the other one and you know just a little hitch <laughs> and uh and uh but but you know it just it just so so that is an important thing but if you make that the soul that can't be the soul mission yeah, yeah like that goes back to that goes back to what we're just about with marriage you you talking about the kids that having the kids would be the soul mission in that that point of view where being married would be the soul mission in that and that where where that can't be the, the mission has to be glorifying god in what he has for you where you're at so if i'm in china that looks slightly different 
than in America. I say slightly, maybe way different than in America. But the goal's the same, to mm-hmm. bring glory to God and mm-hmm. everything that we do, to see those who don't know him, to see lost souls saved. I think here's a, a great segue we wanted to talk about earlier, uh, directing the church to be more mission-focused and driven. Yeah. You know, I wanted to run some stuff on that yeah. off mic, but yeah, yeah. Mm. Because... Oh, that's what it was. My mic, my mic, it wasn't. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool beans. Man, I even got louder. I was probably burning something up. I'll look at the end, the little the little prongs and see them all half melted. <laughs> How did that happen? Anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, we'll probably turn this into two podcasts. Um, what is the final your overall look at the book? Uh good, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um what you thought was the 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 main drive and the main idea behind it. Because I'm afraid that when you hear you know, even us talking about it, it might be put like the main idea is for men to just we're men, mm, you know, yeah. and, and that's not, that's yeah, not I'm it. ready to pick up my sword and shield and go, go fight and claim some other country over some heathen land. I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, I think, uh, overall great book. I think where just in my own humble, my own Yuka man opinion, um, humble, but accurate. <laughs> no, 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 just, just Yuka man <laughs> opinion. Um, Take it for what it's worth. I, in my own walk with Christ, where I'm fairly new to the church and still trying to figure out, um, you know, what's what and where to look and how to look in today's problems at work and um, in the media, on Facebook. Yeah. uh, You know, because there's a plethora plethora of different ideas that come or even exposed to me as as sheltered as I am yeah. in my own world, uh, trying to stay off of all that stuff. Um, how to approach those with a godly worldview as opposed to just the Alaskan brought up random white guy worldview yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know, is, is they're two separate things. And so this helps put a, a great framework on here's how God defined masculinity. Here's yeah. how what masculinity looks like when Jesus was walking on the earth. And this is kind of some examples he let out in step by, not, I wouldn't say step by step, like here's A through D, you do these things and you just you just do it real simple and you're done. Boom, you're a man. This is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's one-stop shop, you're done. I don't, I don't think this book's got all the answers. I don't think it's got um, a great like thing to be, uh, like to solely live your life by. Yeah. But I think you can read it, take that as a base, a basis and then revisit it every couple of years and yeah. be like, Hey, look, I've really gotten, I've gotten a lot better at this category than I used to be. Oh, I'm still short falling here. This is where I can bring up. And this, yeah. I think it's more like a, a little bit of self-evaluation tool, something I'm going to want to revisit every now and then to kind of look at like where at to set as like a baseline, like this is the goal yeah, and how I'm trying. I think, I think where you it. are in your walk Helps you understand the book either better or worse. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So if I am, so as I mature, 
I'll see things in the book that I didn't see earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. I think that's fair. Um, you know, it, it is it is a book that I would really suggest um, Christian men reading. I I I think it's written well for men. You you pointed that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think way it does bullet points and it's it's really plain. Mm-hmm. Um, it dives in deep, but it's it's plain. But it's not flowery. It's it's just yeah. very like this is what this word means. You introduce to a new topic. This is what I mean when I'm defining this, and this is what where it's found in scripture to back me up kind of thing. Very pointed with references. Yep. Pretty easy to follow. I think it's written for dudes by a dude. Um, Centered around scripture. Yeah. As well. I think yeah. that's important when you read a book like this. I would this. agree too, especially yeah. for establishing like a baseline of mm-hmm. a goal. Like it's got to be founded in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, and one thing I will say is, it doesn't give you a full or, and it's not meant to, right? No. So I wouldn't yeah. want anybody to read this book and go, oh, now I know what it's like to be a Christian. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it is It is pointing out men and the church. So I would keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, don't look at it as, oh, I can read this book and it'll give me a systematic theology to, to be able to. Yeah, this isn't. Isn't how to solely approach every single thing, especially yeah. for Christian women. Like, it's just not going to be a book for you. This might yeah. be a book to get your husband to understand what it, his it roles be, are going to be. And it may be a good book. And I'll say this: it may be a good book for women to read if they want to understand how to serve their husbands better mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so now that as a woman, as a wife, you understand what, what biblical to be. Now I can better assist in that. Yeah, and 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 help. Um, or like when he's approaching this problem, this is how I know he's going to want to look at it. Yep, and this is how we should look at it yep. together. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's an excellent book. Everybody that I've had read it um, likes it. Uh, it's helped our church, to be honest. Um, there again, there there is a we hear patriarchy and masculinity. We think of the man and the wife beater asking for a sandwich. Um, and so we, we've, we've stepped away from that as a culture to this really feminine culture. And the book says biblical masculinity, it's, it's biblical manhood. And that's completely different because biblical manhood in a marriage is going to serve his wife and she serves him. And one thing that I've really been harping on lately is as a church, as a Christian, you are to serve. You serve your children. You serve your wife. You serve your 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 church. You serve your neighbor. You you know whoever God puts in your life, you're to serve them. What what masculinity does is say, or the concept of masculinity says, you are a man, and God designed you to serve in this way. And you are a woman, and God designed you to serve in this way. And so masculinity, the, 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 the categories would be a masculine serving masculine as serving as a man is going to look like this. Serving as a woman is going to look like that. Serving as a child is going to look different than serving as a parent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Serving as a pastor is going to look different than serving as a deacon 
or a layman or or whatever it may be you, you there are different roles we're not saying that women and this is important we're not saying that women are lesser than men they're not we could not have a family without women mm-hmm. right you can't do it on your own <laughs> you've got to have women and and going back to the children thing they can do something that no man can ever do and that's bear children and so you give the woman love and, and and without getting graphic take that as love love yeah and she produces a baby mm-hmm. you give a woman money and she produces or you you give her a house she produces uh a home. A home. Yeah. You give her money and she produces stuff to fill the home, right? The things making an actual home. Mm-hmm. You give her uh whatever. And and a woman takes those things. Men is to job is to grab these things and take dominion. Women's job is to take that dominion and make it nice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's the amazing thing uh, about and and both parts of that are necessary in the kingdom of God. And so we all do it through Christ. Mm-hmm. Both the women and the men, they both they both do it through Christ. So, man, this was a pleasure. Like I said, I think I'm gonna break this down into two separate podcasts. But uh Glad this has been a here. pleasure. Yeah. And when we get you back, we'll talk about something other than it's good to be a man. Yeah. So Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's sir. been always fun to try and share share more word of God with all the listeners out there. Yeah, they are. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's a Bigfoot pack you're talking about. <laughs> they, they are. Right. So anyways, look, you can find us on bigfootrevival.com. You can find us at Bigfoot Revival at Facebook, Instagram, all those kinds of fun places. Um, look out for the blogs um uh, swamp ape does a really good job with the blogs he's been doing an awesome job with that so go to the website check them out as well you can always uh contact us tell us what you think of the podcast and remember for god has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power love and sound judgment yo yuka what's up we out son (laughs) deuces